Hey y'all. So when it comes to bodies, weight loss is not really something that I'm pursuing right now. But as you know, one of Vanessa's family members has been taking a GLP-1 medication and it's worked really well for him. So if that is part of your journey, you should check out the Roe Body Program. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Roe's partner handles all the insurance paperwork to help get the medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. Go to ro.co slash infamous. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash infamous. Campsite Media. This was the actual swab that was being used to fit up that double barrel shotgun that you have mounted on the front of your pretty face. Now, that's quite the image. And it's being painted by Chris Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo's brother. He was an anchor on CNN. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having a good sense of humor uh, about um, what is a very important public service message. A lot of people aren't getting tested because they're worried about it. Thank you uh, for showing people how easy it is to get tested. This was an important public service message. And it was exactly the sort of thing that made Andrew Cuomo so popular. But Andrew and Chris are brothers, so they're going to do what all brothers do. Don't call me, I'll call you. What's wrong? I love you. I want you to know that. Nothing. I love you. Have a good night. They had this kind of brotherly banter that was sort of charming. I've seen you referred to a little bit recently as the love gov, and I'm wondering if that's bleeding into your demeanor at all, making you a little soft. I've always always been a soft guy. I am the love gov. I'm a cool dude and a little smooth. You know that. Never said any of those things. Water off a duck's back. The first time you've said any of those. Yeah, I think I... Really? Okay. Maybe this conversation was a little unconventional for cable news, but it was kind of nice to see family dynamics on display during this weirdest of times. I called mom just before I came on the show. By the way, she said I was her favorite. Good news is she said you were her second favorite. I can't believe you're lying to my audience. It's all pretty cute, but if you think about what's really going on here, a news anchor giving his brother the governor, a huge and favorable platform. It sort of does seem like a conflict of interest, dressed up as a charming sibling dynamic. Everybody knew this, right? But they got away with it because of the extraordinary times we were living through. The only thing is, all this brotherly love may have been a distraction from something far more sinister. From Sony Music Entertainment and Campside Media, this is Infamous. I'm Vanessa Gregoriotis, and this is episode two of our two-part series, America's Governor. So when the pandemic happens, Andrew Cuomo isn't just a governor. People are thinking he's going to run for president. I mean, he's a celebrity, a celebrity whose profile is heightened by appearances like the one you just heard on his brother Chris Cuomo's show. But right after he went on Chris's show and got COVID tested, a woman named Janice Dean was getting ready to go on Fox News and talk about something far from lighthearted. 
we made the very tough decision to admit my husband's parents into elder care facilities. Janice Dean is a meteorologist on Fox News, which is not exactly a pro-Cuomo source. But she has quite the story. New Yorkers, born and bred, uh, lived in a four-story walk-up in Brooklyn for 50 years, raised three children, but they were both suffering from health challenges. Not long after the family decided to put Janice's mother and father-in-law into care facilities, the pandemic hit. I think you know where this is going. So late March, we get a call from an aide saying that Mickey, his dad, wasn't feeling well and he was running a fever. And three hours later, we get a call saying he was dead. Because of pandemic restrictions, visitors weren't allowed in nursing homes, hospitals, or assisted living facilities. So Janice's husband couldn't even hug his mom after his dad died. He had to see her from 10 feet away in the hallway of her assisted living residence while she cried. Soon after, she got COVID too. The last conversation we had with her was she asked us to buy Easter gifts for the kids and put her name on it. And then she had trouble breathing and she died a few days later. Obama was forcing uh, nursing homes to take COVID-positive discharge senior citizens out of hospitals, put them in their nursing homes. Fred Dicker is a longtime journalist in Albany. He says elderly people who tested positive for COVID were being taken out of hospitals and put back in the nursing homes that they come from. And eventually, we had these huge numbers of elderly people who died. And there are many people out there who believe that Andrew Cuomo was responsible for 10 or 15,000 deaths because of his policies. Why was our government actively putting the virus into where our most susceptible lived? I mean, the one thing we knew was that the elderly were the most susceptible. To be clear, the COVID patients at these nursing homes were supposed to be kept in a separate area, just away from everyone else. But they're still in the same building, and anyone who's ever seen a movie about contagious disease, or even the movie Alien, knows that a policy like Cuomo's is destined for catastrophic failure. So why? Why? Would he enact such a terrible, stupid policy? I'm thinking when, you know, this comes out that the hospital industry has bought him off, that uh, I understand the power of the hospital industry in New York. Uh, there are very important, uh, highly paid executives from the hospital industry who were very close to Andrew Cuomo. It was in the financial interests of the hospitals to discharge many of these patients uh, who were COVID positive into the nursing homes. And I'm thinking that uh, this is a slick move by Andrew Cuomo to line up the hospital industry's support for future political purposes. That's Fred Dicker's opinion. We just can't know for sure if Cuomo, who didn't respond to our questions, actually sent COVID patients into nursing homes for political benefit. I guess it's possible. But there is another possibility. At the time, the hospitals were completely overrun. I mean, they had built medical tents in Central Park to hold extra COVID patients. There were not enough beds. People were dying in hallways. It was like a war in New York City. So sending COVID patients back to their nursing homes might have seemed to some people like a kind of rational choice when all the options were terrible. 
But the nursing home scandal wasn't just about a bad policy decision. Later on, it came to light that the Cuomo administration had significantly undercounted the number of people who died in nursing homes. Cuomo was accused of deliberately covering up the death toll to bolster his image. And the thing about Cuomo is that for all the good he'd done, there'd also been a lot of bad. A lot that got papered over by the image of tough New York love. Because the waters that Cuomo was swimming in up in Albany, they were really dirty. I talked to Fred Dicker all about it. I'm reading this Ben Smith article. Not only does he say the undisputed king of the Albany press is Fred U. Dicker, but he (laughs) says three men in the room is the shorthand for the insular style of government in Albany. But there is a fourth source of institutional power. You (laughs) You wear Bermuda shorts, bolo ties, you collect guns, and you'd rather be feared than loved. (laughs) And you are the fourth man in the room. What does that mean? (laughs) Suggesting I have much more power than I ever had. When I said that Fred Dicker was the fourth man in the room, that was a joke about how much power he has, because he was a really powerful media figure. But the three men in the room who really controlled Albany were politicians. That's what people always say in New York. It's a thing. The whole state is run by three men in a room. In other words... It's shady as shit. So who were the three men in the room? Well, it would always be the governor. You know, it would be the mm-hmm. assembly speaker, whoever it was, and the Senate majority leader. And uh, that was a tradition. It didn't just begin with Hugh Carey or Mario Cuomo or George Pataki. It went back further than that. It may have gone back a century or more. Cuomo and the two other men in the room, Sheldon and mm-hmm. Dean. And I, the, I ex- guess- the ex-prison inmates. The ex-prison inmates. The three men in a room that ran Albany were Governor Andrew Cuomo, Senate Leader Dean Skelos, and Assembly Leader Sheldon Silver. Three men. And two of them went to prison. Another of Cuomo's top aides, Joe Percoco, also went to prison. What was his awareness of all this corruption? You know, he didn't go down for any of that, right? So his top aide did. I mean, right. the guy who was described as his third brother or like the third son of Mario, this guy. I mean, you can't uh, fully appreciate how close Joe Prococo and Andrew Cuomo were and probably still are. But I mean, Andrew Cuomo was as cynical as anyone could possibly be. He saw Shelley Silver and Dean Skellos as corrupt and he played on that. He was happy to have them be corrupt. In a way, he had more on them when he saw them as corrupt. And he would, avoid, he would arrange to take care of them in various ways as long as they took care of him and gave him what he wanted. But then he turned out to be too cute by half. Those weren't the only corruption scandals that came out during the Cuomo administration. There was also the Buffalo Billion scandal when executives involved in a Cuomo pet project to reshape the city of Buffalo were found guilty of rigging $855 million out of the $1 billion in bids. And if you're having a hard time doing the math, those are actually really close to each other. So a lot of the bids were rigged. There was also a scandal about the Moreland Commission. This was a commission that Cuomo set up to root out corruption and which he disbanded as soon as they started asking questions about some of his own big donors. 
I mean, this is the type of thing you expect to see in places where nepotism and bribery are normal, everyday occurrences. It's not supposed to be normal in New York. Back in the 90s, Pepsi and Coca-Cola were in a heated race to try and win loyal customers by any means necessary. But when Pepsi launched an ambitious promotion that encouraged people to buy Pepsi and redeem points for prizes, they overlooked their own fine print in a major way. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question. Who thought this was a good idea? Like, who at Pepsi thought it would be a good idea to advertise that people could earn enough points to redeem a military jet as a prize? When they launched their Pepsi points system, they never imagined somebody might actually try to snag it. But a 23-year-old did, and suddenly, Pepsi owed him a jet. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Big Flop early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I've always struggled with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com infamous. That's rocketmoney.com infamous. Rocketmoney.com infamous. This is Infamous from Campside Media. So Niccolo Machiavelli, the philosopher whose name is synonymous with doing whatever you need to do to reach a goal, has a theory about leaders. He says they've got to be like both a fox and a lion. See, a fox is defenseless against wolves. A lion is defenseless against traps. This means a leader has to learn, like the fox, how to frighten off wolves, and also, like the lion, how to recognize the traps. It always seemed like Andrew Cuomo could do both of those things, scare people and plot in secret. Then again, he was also the love gov, the emotional guy, the quirky, alleged nipple ring guy. I love history. I love uh, poster art. Andrew Cuomo is speaking from the executive chamber of the state capitol. It's got ornate dark wood paneling and gold wallpaper. The massive arched windows are framed in heavy gray stone, and they're filled with delicate stained glass, almost like a medieval cathedral. It is elegant, grandiose even. And Andrew Cuomo is extolling the virtues of poster art. Poster art is 
something they did uh, in the early 1900s, late 1800s, when they had to communicate their whole platform candidacy on one piece of paper, right? What if somebody said, okay, no words, paint me a picture that tells the story of what you're trying to say. That's poster art. And it's helped me because it's been like a relief valve. Uh, not that I don't have joy every day dealing with you guys, but I could go and just use a different side of my brain. Cuomo's been working on a poster, just like the one that my kids make for their middle school. And before we get back to their press conference, please Google this poster because it is insane. So I did a new one for... Uh, what we went through with COVID. And then the poster appears on screen. At the very top, in huge capital letters, it says, New, New York, York tough. tough. Underneath that are the words smart, united, disciplined, and loving. In the center of the poster is a big green mountain. And Cuomo starts explaining what it all means. I think the general shape is familiar to to you. We went up the mountain, we curved the mountain, we came down the other side. Economy falls like Niagara Falls, but then, then the economy drops. On the other side of the mountain, there's a smiley sun, like the sun in the Teletubbies. Except this one's got gorgeous long eyelashes, so big that you think, are those extensions? The whole thing is truly so weird. Like Hieronymus Bosch's The Garden of Earthly Delights had a baby with a propaganda poster. It's like a Monty it's Python's. So it's like a Monty Python's like <laughs> nightmare on this screen. The amount of information on it. Yeah, it's staggering. It's exhausting. It, it truly is. Look, COVID was terrible for everyone, right? And it's also possible that COVID was just not that good for Andrew Cuomo. He might have been as spun out as we were and just started acting so weird. But also, now there was another scandal. And surprise, surprise, it was about the way he allegedly treated women. So, back in the day, things had ended badly between Andrew Cuomo and his former press secretary, Karen Hinton at HUD. Remember her allegations about him sidelining her after she went to get the baby she adopted? It's just time for me to go. I'm done with this. So fuck you. And then he says, no, fuck you. <laughs> and that went, on, that went on for about a minute of fuck yous. <laughs> and then I said, I'm leaving. I'm taking them my box, filling it up and getting the hell out of here. And that's what I did. But a few years later, Karen started working with Cuomo again. And soon enough, she found herself in California with him for an event. And that evening, I'm in my room, but he calls me in my room and he says, why don't you come up and let's catch up? And um, I said, OK, sure, because I had done that so many times as an employee when we traveled together for events. And sometimes other people were in the room and sometimes it was just the two of us. And I go into his room and the door is open. I don't have to knock. It's open. So I just walk in and he had dimmed the lights and there were two couches. I sat on one. He sat on the other one. We're facing each other. 
And we're just talking about life and how the event went, what were the good things and what we were going to do the next day. And then uh, he started asking me about my marriage, how it was going. And then he's talking about his marriage to Carrie Kennedy um, and how, yeah, marriage is tough. And he didn't say that one day they would break up, but he just said marriage is tough and here's why and blah, 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 blah. And, so I just, at some point I just thought, okay, this is too personal. It's gone on too long. I'm going to leave. <laughs> and so I get up and I say, Hey, I'm going back to my room. I'm tired. I need some sleep. We got to get up early in the morning. And then he says, I want us to be friends. And he stands up as well. And I said, yeah, we are, we are friends. He said, we need to help each other. And I said, yeah, I think I did that for you today and you did it for me because I brought in some business to my firm. So thank you. And I'm glad to be back in it. You know, I love politics. And then um, he then embraces me. And it's it's more than just a hug. It is a, a true embrace. And he pulls me very close to him. And I can tell that he's aroused as a result. And I just push back and say, okay, I'm going to my room. And he says, uh, and then he sort of embraces me again and pulls me back once more. And I said, look, I'm, I'm really tired. I'm going to my room. Good night. And then I push him away and I'm, it's not a big push. It's just a tap away. And then I walk out of the room and we, never talk about it again because I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to deal with it. So I go back to my room and I call a, a dear friend of mine who I've known for a very long time. And she knows Andrew. And I said, this just happened. And she was like, I, I've always told you he had a thing for you. I've always said that and you never believe me, but now, you know, <laughs> and I said, well, Great, but this is very uncomfortable for me because now what do I do? You, you know, I don't, I don't want this to go any farther at all. And she says, well, just, just ignore it. Just ignore it, which is what women did then. And they still do today to a large degree because we want to, we want to go far in our career. We want to do things that we want to do. And if I confront him about it, then he'll cut me off. I think you, I processed it the way that women processed all that kind of misbehavior, sexual misconduct in those, in that decade. I mean, it was, you just, you just put it out of your mind. But the thing is, Karen wasn't the only person who alleged that this had happened to her. And now those women were going to come forward. It started with Lindsay Boylan who tweeted about it in December 2020. In one incident, a couple years earlier, Lindsay said that she and Cuomo were alone in the office when he kissed her. On one occasion, she even said that he showed her a cigar box given to him by President Clinton. He shows me this, I, I think it's a cigar box, and he said, these cigar boxes I got from Bill Clinton. And he kind of smirks and smiles at me. 
Um, and it was really creepy. The alleged allusion to President Clinton and Monica Lewinsky was not lost on Lindsay. But just like Clinton... I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Cuomo vehemently denied any wrongdoing. A spokesperson for the governor said in a statement, quote, claims of inappropriate behavior are quite simply false. But more and more women came forward, including a state trooper. Cuomo wasn't going to take this lying down. He admitted to some of the gross things that women said he did while denying any kind of wrongdoing. I thought a hug and putting my arm around a staff person while taking a picture was friendly. But she found it to be too forward. I kissed a woman on the cheek at a wedding, and I thought I was being nice. But she felt that it was too aggressive. I have slipped and called people honey, sweetheart, and darling. I meant it to be endearing. But women found it dated and offensive. I said on national TV to a doctor wearing PPE and giving me a COVID nasal swab, you make that gown look good. I was joking. Obviously, otherwise I wouldn't have said it on national TV. But she found it disrespectful. I take full responsibility for my actions. I have been too familiar with people. My sense of humor can be insensitive and off-putting. I do hug and kiss people casually, women and men. I have done it all my life. Basically, he was saying the same thing he'd been saying all along. I'm the love gov. I love you. I love you. I love you. I've always been a soft guy. I am the love gov. Love doesn't discriminate. I love you too. Not only do I love you, I've always been proud of you. I'm a cool dude in loose mood. You know that. And I love New York because New York loves you. New York loves all of you. Yeah, that didn't get him out of trouble. And what Andrew would do from here was also very Machiavellian. What I did start hearing pretty quickly from people in Cuomo's inner circle was that this is a plot, essentially, that no, he didn't do any of this stuff. That's Chris Smith, who covered Cuomo for New York Magazine. Rather than going gentle into that good night, the Cuomo camp doubled down. They said, basically, This is being used by his political enemies, of which there are many, to take him down. You know, this is finally the way they're going to try to drive him out of office. While Cuomo and his staffers did damage control with the press, according to the New York Times, Cuomo's sister, Madeleine Cuomo, secretly mobilized a group of activists to smear the accusers and attack them on social media. Cuomo also hit the accusers head on using his attack dog, a woman named Melissa DeRosa. I get what you're saying, I'm just asking. What are you doing right now? Because I'd like you to bring you to the Capitol. Melissa was Cuomo's right-hand person. Okay, I, I am happy to respond to this. This is a conversation between some male reporters at the prominent newspaper in Albany, the Albany Times Union, and Melissa. They're obviously on deadline for a story, and she's trying to tell them not to write it. 
It sounds like it might be a story about how Cuomo wanted uh, attractive women around him in the office. Look, I'm tired. You're tired? Like, why are we playing this game? I'll bring you to the Capitol in 10 minutes. You stand there and you tell me. And then, by the way, question the validity of the sources that you have and the other things they've said to you if they've said to you something that is so patently and demonstrably false. But Casey, off the record, when Brendan said that... Don't go off the record. I don't want you to go off the record. But do you understand what I was saying? Not really, but let's continue. Well, I would like to say to you off the record... Don't tell me anything off the record on this conversation. The reporters are imploring DeRosa, don't go off the record. You see, when you're reporting a story, you might be willing to talk to someone off the record at the beginning, when you're still trying to puzzle it all together, and they might give you some useful clues that would help you. But these reporters already have their story. They just need a quick quote, little clarification, or just maybe a no comment from the governor's office. And Melissa, she seems like she's using off the record to try to negotiate with the reporters and try to change their story, maybe even manipulate them into not printing their story, and they are not cool with it. Hey, Melissa, we're going to stick to what we're publishing, okay? But you guys don't live in a vacuum, so then when you present it as, like, Melissa Jocelyne DeRosa, and she's there's a predatory figure in Christian Louboutin saying, nice I'm so glad you're here. I guess I'd like to say thank you guys are ridiculous. Melissa soon left Andrew's side. But Andrew was still in the governor's mansion. But how long could he hang on to his image as a future president, as the COVID-era leader of the free world? Anybody who has a sibling knows that sibling fights are unavoidable. But what if every fight you had was under a microscope, on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince Harry and Prince William. They'd been each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wandry's podcast, Disintel, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle? Or was it something that began much earlier? Follow Dis and Tell on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial 
plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. This is Infamous from Campside Media. So just to recap, there were a bunch of sexual misconduct allegations against Cuomo. There were the nursing home deaths, the VIP COVID testing scheme, and the myriad corruption scandals that happened in Albany when he was governor. Cuomo was fighting hard to stay in power. At one point, he was photographed walking around outside, talking to somebody intently on his phone, a blanket over his shoulders, and... I saw something, like he was gripping a bottle, like a baby has a bottle. But in this case, it was a bottle of wine that he might have been drinking straight out of. Regardless, for all his Machiavellian tactics, the ones pursued by his sister and Melissa DeRosa, people were starting to call on Andrew to resign. They wanted the state assembly to start impeachment proceedings. One journalist I know said it was almost like the Friday the 13th movies. Every day, it was, is Freddie dead yet? Now, you know me. I'm a New Yorker, born and bred. I am a fighter. And my instinct is to fight through this controversy because I truly believe it is politically motivated. I believe it is unfair and it is untruthful. This situation by its current trajectory, will generate months of political and legal controversy. It will cost taxpayers millions of dollars. It will brutalize people. The State Assembly yesterday outlined weeks of process that will then lead to months of litigation. Time and money that government should spend managing COVID, guarding against the Delta variant, reopening upstate, fighting gun violence, and saving New York City. New York tough means New York loving. And I love New York. And I love you. And everything I have ever done has been motivated by that love. The best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing. The man who had survived so many scandals, who'd reached new heights in his political career through the management of the COVID crisis, who we all kind of thought for a while was going to make it to the White House. Now he was leaving office. But it was still stunning, even after all the accusations, that this man who had so dwarfed New York State political life for so long had fallen, had screwed up so badly and in so many ways, and so given away political allies and support that he was gone. But he both thought he was in the right. He had not mistreated anyone, and ultimately he would prove that. And by resigning instead of being impeached, he would preserve ability to run for political office again someday, whatever that might be. You know, he never took accountability for anything in his life and his career. Janice Dean is the Fox meteorologist we talked to. Her in-laws died of COVID in their nursing home. 
Ultimately, he, he was a coward and folded like a cheap suit. And I wanted justice. I wanted an impeachment. So Cuomo left office. But that's not the end of the story. While Andrew was fighting to keep his job, his brother Chris stood by his side. And some people think Chris stuck by him a little too closely, protecting his brother, allegedly potentially advising him on how to handle the scandal. I never reported on the scandal. And when it happened, I tried to be there for my brother. I'm not an advisor. I'm a brother. Chris was out of a job, too. CNN anchor Chris Cuomo has been fired. The network says that it terminated Cuomo after a review by a law firm. As for Andrew, even though there was no impeachment, the state assembly was still conducting a separate investigation on a different scandal. Yes, it's almost impossible to believe, but there was another scandal. And it only came out months after Andrew Cuomo left office. Some people volunteered to help on the book. That was Cuomo's story about how state staffers came to help him out while he was working on his book about the COVID pandemic. Problem is, the Joint Commission on Public Ethics isn't buying it. Early in the pandemic, a publishing company approached Cuomo to write a memoir of his experiences leading the state during the pandemic. He got more than $5 million in this book deal. But how do you write a memoir when you're also working around the clock to save a whole state from the worst pandemic in 100 years? You don't. You make your staffers write your book during their work hours, funded by the taxpayers of the great state of New York. It's pretty gross for anyone to make massive amounts of money because of a pandemic. It's even worse when that person is an elected official, someone people trusted, who betrayed that trust in so many repugnant ways. Andrew Cuomo was allowed to keep his $5 million. But what would he do next? The man who had been elected governor of New York three times, the man who once stood a really good shot at the White House, what could he possibly do now? Uh, last time I talked to Andrew Cuomo was probably fall of last year when he was gearing up his own podcast. Ah, yes. A podcast. Of course. Let's cut to the chase, have an honest conversation, and develop real answers. As a matter of fact, with Andrew Cuomo. Hello. This is Andrew Cuomo, and it's my pleasure to welcome friends old and new. This is my first podcast, and I'm very excited about it. Let's ask Mr. Anthony Scaramucci to join us, and let's discuss what's going on. Good to be with you, Anthony. It's, it's good to be on, Andrew. Uh, Governor, great to be on. Thanks again for having me back. Reporter Chris Smith thinks we haven't heard the last of Cuomo. Uh, future for Andrew Cuomo uh, includes a lot of fishing during the summer. Uh, he's still got a considerable amount of money in his campaign account. He is setting up a, you know, independent expenditure vehicle where he can finance other candidates and other issues, raise money and support things he's interested in. The polls in New York State 
however, show he retains a great deal of popularity. That there are, you know, are substantial numbers of people who think he was either railroaded or what he did wasn't that bad or compared to the way he'd run the state and, you know, rebuilt airports um, and lowered taxes and passed gun laws and same-sex, you know, that he'd been a good governor for a lot of people for a long time. So he's, he's popular in a lot of quarters. Cuomo comeback is not out of the realm of believability. Maybe New York Tough will live to see another day. Next time on Infamous. Ozempic. 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 Yeah, I lost weight. I did it um, hormonally. Hormonally. Yeah, it was not ozempically. My weight loss was one trillion percent unintentional. So it just happened because I'm a single mom and I chase a toddler all day and I work a lot. I don't know. I would say nay because I always feel like when something sounds too good to be true, it usually is. <laughs>